Hi, you're listening to my mom, Kat Lee, on the Inspired to Action podcast. Hey, can I listen to it? Hey, my name is Kat Lee, and I want to welcome you to the Inspired to Action podcast. I hope this show is the pep talk that you need as a mom, a reminder that what you do every day is life-changing, and it matters more deeply than you could ever imagine. Out of all the women in the world, God chose you to be the mother of your children because you are special and amazing and he has called you and he will equip you. So thank you for serving your family, for loving your children fearlessly and for fighting to be a great mom. This episode is for you. Let's jump right in. Hey friends, welcome to another episode of the Inspired to Action podcast, and I think today's episode is really going to inspire you to action. We're chatting with my friend Stephanie Langford. She blogs at keeperofthehome.org, and this past year, she and her husband Ryan traveled around the world with their four kids, and they're not, you know, teenagers, they're young kids. And I followed her entire journey on Facebook, and it was so inspiring, you know, just regarding what my children are capable of and what we can do with kids. And it made me think differently about our summer vacations and and the travel, and it really made me want to expose my children to more of the world, to give them a bigger worldview. And she's going to share about her journey and some of the highs and lows of that trip. As you can imagine, there were some highs and some lows of traveling around the world with four kids. Uh, Stephanie also helped start a site called ultimate-bundles.com. And what that is, is they gather together some of the best ebooks and e-courses and stuff, and they put them together in a bundle and offer it for sale at like 95% off of what all the all the um, e-books and things would be sold for separately. And that sale is actually happening this Wednesday. And it's a homemaking bundle, so it's all about stuff that is applicable to us as moms. And if you're a blogger, it also includes work from home stuff. And my um, blog planning kit is available in this bundle as well. So if you've been thinking about grabbing that, this is the probably the best way to get it. So to learn more about that, you can go to inspiredtoaction.com forward slash bundle. And again, that sale happens this Wednesday, April the 23rd, and it only lasts for a few days. So you'll want to go to that link right now and sign up for it so that you get notified and you don't miss out on it. But we're going to dive into our conversation with Stephanie today and hear about the incredible journey that they took this past year traveling around the world. Here we go. Hey, Stephanie, how are you doing? I'm great. How are you, Kat? I am doing very well. Um, I'm really excited to talk with you today because I don't, we haven't talked in a long time. When was the last, maybe at Loom was probably the last time we talked. Yeah, like a year and a half ago or something. Yeah, and it's it's fun just to hear your your Canadian accent. It warms my heart. <laughs> oh, well, I like your Texan accent. Do well, I have one? I don't. I never thought that I did. You know what? It, yours is pretty mild compared to a lot of other Texans. Yes, yes, I know some of those Texans, <laughs> and I have to interpret for my children sometimes. That's funny. Um, so for everybody listening, Stephanie. And her husband, Ryan, went with me on the trip to the Philippines with compassion. And it was really funny because by the end of the trip, I'm hearing all these people with Filipino accents. And then I'm hearing Stephanie and Ryan saying about and all their Canadian accent things. And I had the weirdest little accent thing going, I think, by the time that I got home. I mean, I can't even watch Pride and Prejudice without having an accent at the end of it. So by the end of this week, I had some weird Canadian-Filipino thing happening. So... uh Yeah, I I enjoy listening to your accent. 
Well, your kids will enjoy your Canadian accent when you get off of this podcast with me. <laughs> They'll be like, what's she saying? Um, <laughs> so you, speaking of traveling, you are a very experienced traveler. I, I, w- I would love for you to, to tell me a little bit about first you and your family, and then we're going to chat about some of the crazy and fun things that you did this past year. Okay. Well, um, I'm married to a man named Ryan. We've been married for a little over 10 years. And um, together, we uh, read a whole bunch of businesses. We're both entrepreneurs, which we love. We both work from home. And uh, we run a couple different websites, as well as a music school um, in our local area. And we have four kids together. Um, The oldest is nine, and the youngest just turned two. So we have um, a girl, Abby, and then a boy, Caden, and then another girl, Johanna, and then a little boy named Kepler, who's really adorable. And we homeschool them. So we do um, kind of a trade-off, working and homeschooling and doing things around the house. And we have a really interesting kind of family life and daily routine. But I don't know. That's kind of us in a nutshell. And we live in Canada, which is a pretty awesome place. I went there on my honeymoon, and I loved it. It was cold when we went. It was February. (laughs) But... So I hope to go sometime when it's when I can feel my toes and fingers again. But I, it was gorgeous. I loved it. I mean, that's so funny to say. We went to your giant nation <laughs> on our honeymoon. <laughs> and from my small glimpse of one city, you live in a fantastic nation. Thanks. People always, when they hear that I'm from Canada, they're like, oh, my goodness, do you know Heather who lives in, in Toronto? And I'm like, um, I live on the other side of the country. <laughs> But I'm sure Heather's really nice. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think I was on your side of the country because we were in Banff, and that's your side of the country, right? Well, it's still like 10 hours away, but it's it's close. Well, in in Texan terms, that's really close. That's around the corner. Okay. So, you know. It's a one-day drive. It's not, Yes, yeah, it's yes. Uh, for y'all, that should be like a hop, skip, and a jump because this past year, your family did a little bit of traveling, and I would love for you to tell us um, about that. Yeah, so we went on this big, crazy trip last year. We left in January 2013 and got back just the beginning of February 2014. So we were gone for over one full year, and we went to every single continent. Literally, my husband even set foot on Antarctica, though the kids and I did not. But (laughs) altogether, we went to 30 countries. Wow. So I want to know, Like, so how did you, one, get the idea? How did you, two... Think that it was doable, and then yeah, let's 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 start with one question at a time. Here, let me throw ten questions at you and see if you can remember each of them. Um, What what made you think of doing that? Okay, so probably about four years ago, somehow my husband and I got the idea of. um, I'm trying to remember what the term was called. I think it was called like um, a family sabbatical or a sabbatical year or something like that. And the idea is that you you remove yourself uh, from where you usually live and you go and you spend one year immersed in another culture, another place. You spend a lot of time bonding together as a family, that sort of idea. And we were like, that is such a cool idea. We'd love to learn Spanish. Maybe we would go spend a year living in like Argentina or something. So that was kind of the original plan. And we thought being entrepreneurs, we could make it happen. And then somewhere along the line, somebody said, hey, what if we went to a bunch of different places? And that was like the ooh moment in my head. And I was like, yeah, let's go to a bunch of different places. And so suddenly uh, one year in Argentina became a year around the world. Wow. So were you both on board at the same time or was Ryan super into it and then you had to get on board or were you super into it and he had to get on board? 
We were totally both on board with the idea of a year somewhere, although we were a little bit nervous about our businesses, mm-hmm. um, especially not so much when you're planning to do just one year in one place. But then when we started talking about like, well, let's travel around to a whole bunch of different places, it took us a while. And I do remember there was like this one weekend when we had a couple nights at a and b and we had to drive for like five hours. And so we spent the whole five hours talking about like, are we going to do this thing or not? And we kind of assessed, like, what are the benefits? What are the risks? What are we going to come home to? What's it going to be like? And we finally were like, I think the benefits outweigh any possible risk. This feels like it's really worth it. And so that was, like, about 14 months before we actually went on the trip was when we were like, yep, we're doing it. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. So I love that you guys were both on board for it because it's something that I think would be really hard to do if you weren't on board for it. And if you if you agree to do it 14 months ahead of time, how much time did it take to plan the logistics of something like that? 28 months. So I didn't oh. have enough time. <laughs> no, I'm like, wait, let me do the math there. Wait, I don't get it. <laughs> 14 months wasn't really enough time. Maybe it would have been except that we were also preparing our businesses for us to pick up and leave. Not that we were planning to stop working altogether during the year because we had to work. That was kind of how we paid for the trip. Um, but we were doing a lot of extra business work at the same time as preparing. So I wish I'd given myself a little more time. Uh, the preparations are hard. I mean, you think about the um, the work that you put into planning a trip, especially if you're more like budget travelers and not resort people, how much time you put into planning like a, a one or two week family vacation. It's like that times like 50 or 100 or a million. I don't know. It's a really, mm-hmm. it's a lot of planning. Was that you or was that Ryan handling it? That was me. I like I like planning, but by the end of the trip, I was like, oh, my goodness, if I never plan another. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I do enjoy it. I did enjoy it, but I'm, I'm a little bit done. <laughs> I can imagine. So for people listening, if they're planning their summer vacations, are there any, I mean, were, were the places you're going even on the grid of websites that we would use to plan a trip? Or were you just going, you know, to sites that were local to the places that you were visiting? Oh, absolutely. I was using um, websites that would be really accessible and user-friendly for anybody um, because we weren't going like so crazy off the grid. You know, we weren't on like month-long safaris through, you know, the desert or something. Um, we were we were using a lot of hotel um, websites. We used things like uh, booking.com. Um, we even used sites like Expedia and Travelocity. We did our flights through a travel agent that specialized in one way around the world travel. So that's how we did that. But, um, you know, I use things like Lonely Planet constantly. I was just, you know, searching for sites through Google for like activities to do in these different cities. So, I mean, really, I was using stuff that's really out there for anybody. And it's not that it's hard to to get all of the information. It's really just putting it all together. Mm-hmm. And I would imagine just researching the different places because I know even we do a big trip every summer, you know, in our terms, a big trip every summer where we just drive around the United States. And it takes a little while deciphering between what they say they have at their facility and then what, you know, how what it what it's actually like. And you have to read all the reviews and stuff like that. Did you ever have any surprises along the way of what you expected at a location and then it didn't turn out like you expected? Oh, yeah. I mean, we had so many times where it said like, you know, fully equipped kitchen and we'd get there and there'd be like a frying pan and a spatula and a couple (laughs) forks. And we're like, really equipped? (laughs) Um, So there were challenges like that. And then there was also the night where we showed up 
at like 11 p.m. at a hotel in India, and we were supposed to have a quadruple family room with an extra bed, and we got shown to, it was like a double or triple room or something, and we were like, what are we going to do? And they wouldn't give us a bigger room, and they wanted us to pay for two rooms, and we were like, oh, and then we, you know, then there was the whole sheet cleanliness issue. And we were just like, oh, I'm just going to cry. Okay, kids, everybody sleep together. Wear your clothes. Don't touch anything. And we'll leave <laughs> in the morning. <laughs> so it happens. But you do get better at going on the websites and really learning to decipher. As you said, like I really did read the reviews before I would choose a place. I would look at their conditions about like, do children stay free? What age do they have to be under to stay free? What about getting a cot for a baby if you need one? What about getting rollout beds? Or um, how many people per room? Can you can six of you squeeze in a four-person room? Or are they going to charge you a fee or make you get an extra room? Like mm-hmm. all of those kind of things, you do want to be really cognizant of that, I guess, when you're when you're researching and you're choosing your places. But but you can learn to to sit through. And I do recommend finding a website that you that you like and you use all the time because then you get really you get familiar with it and you kind of know how it works. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm curious to know your kids' reactions when you told them about this. I mean, obviously Kepler just probably just smiled at you, but how, <laughs> how, how did the older kids respond? Did they really understand what they were about to do? I don't think they understood, but they were excited. Like they thought it sounded like the coolest thing ever. But that didn't prepare them for Mm -hmm. it, even though, I mean, you know, we talked about it, we laid out maps, and we discussed where we wanted to go and why we let them have input. And we took some of their suggestions when we were making our, our priority list of where we wanted to go. So they had so much input into it. And we tried to really um, bring them into the process. But still, when we when we actually did it, they were really sad when we started packing up the house and preparing to leave and saying goodbye to people. And the first three months were a huge transition for them. Mm-hmm. Were, was it hard as far as your friends and family? How, how did they respond when you told them that you're going to be away for a whole year? You know, it was a mix. Uh, our family members, especially like the grandparents, they were really nervous just because they knew of some of the places that we were planning to go to and they weren't so keen. They thought some of it wasn't safe maybe. Our friends gave us, okay, the two reactions that I hear when I talk about our trip or when we first announced it to people were either, I am so jealous, that is amazing. (laughs) Or I can't even imagine that gives me hives just thinking about it. (laughs) So it's a pretty, yeah, (laughs) it's a pretty diverse reaction. Um, And yeah, but you know what, as we went through the trip and our family saw us keeping touch on Facebook and they saw the things the kids were doing and how much we were all enjoying it, they really got behind us and they would send us care packages and, um, you know, they were just very supportive of us. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, one of the highlights of my year last year was following your trip on Facebook. It was, I mean, it was just so fascinating to me because while I have friends who are missionaries in different places they don't share about it because that's where they live. And so to, to get um, a perspective of all these different places in such a short period of time from somebody who's actually traveling through them and seeing these, you know, amazing not, I don't know, tourist spots or highlight spots um, and, and just reading about, you know, how it's going with all your kids and everything. It was so, so fun to keep up with on Facebook. I loved writing about it on Facebook. That was honestly one of my favorite things to do each day because I felt like I was bringing everybody along with me. Totally were. Totally were. So I'm curious to know, how did 
How did the trip affect your your marriage? Was it was it harder than you thought it would be, or did it bring you closer than you thought it would? Initially, it was harder, like the first six to eight months. I think when you do any sort of big life transition, what usually happens is it, it reveals like what's already there. It's sort mm-hmm. of you know the idea of. Um, pastors use this in sermons all the time, but an illustration of like a cup and you bump it and what sloshes out is what was already in the cup. It's not the fault of whatever bumped it. It's that it was already there. And Mm -hmm. so that's what we found in our relationship as well. If there were any kind of stresses or unresolved issues or conflicts that we had going on, then the, the stress of the trip, because as fun as it was, it was also a lot of work and a lot of stress, like culture shock and just exhaustion and stuff. And so you know, we were sloshing lots of stuff all around for the first six months. And then um, maybe as we kind of got more into the trip and we were able to to really talk through it more, then I felt like it brought us to an even better place because we were all bonding mm-hmm. so much in the process that then we started having really, really good, honest conversations. And I felt like we made a lot of positive changes in our marriage um, and came home in a better place than we'd been in a really long time. Mm-hmm. Was it scary at all to take your kids away from their friendships that they already had where you lived? Yeah. I mean, I I wasn't too worried because my kids are all really, um, they're really outgoing. And I knew that we would make an effort to connect with kids wherever we went. But I did think, especially my, um, my eight-year-old and uh, six-year-old, I thought that they might miss their friends. And they really did. Like, the six-year-old, not as much. He did okay. But the um, the eight-year-old, she talked about her friends a lot. She had a really hard time in the beginning until we began meeting some more girls her age. And she began, you know what? We actually brought her home in June, like in the middle of our trip, because mm-hmm. Ryan had to go home to check in on our businesses. And um, so we made a deal with her. Her grandma paid part of it. We paid part of it. And she's earning part of the money for that flight. And And what going home did for her was it kind of showed her that her friends are still there. Like they're going to be there for yeah. her when she gets back. They're still going to love her. And yeah, things change, but she's still going to have friends. And then she came back totally different. It was like this weight was off of her shoulders. She breathed a sigh of relief and she could engage completely in the trip without worrying that she wasn't going to have friends anymore. And mm-hmm. I wish I'd known before we went on the trip how to help her work through those issues because it, it is hard. For kids, they they don't have the same perspective that we do, that a year is just a year. And, right. you know, friendships can make it beyond something like that. Um, so I wish that we had spent a lot more time really talking about friendships, talking about how we would stay in touch with them and what it would be like when we got home. Wow. And, and just imagine the stories that she'll have to tell her friends now. You know, what incredible experiences she must have had. And I love that she's old enough to to remember them. You know, all her life she's going to say, oh, I remember that time that I was in wherever. Um, So how did it, did it bring your family closer together? Did the kids enjoy the whole trip or were there parts where they really struggled? Um, I wouldn't say we enjoyed the whole trip. We enjoyed most of the trip and we have so many like, I'm just being honest. Yeah, no, please. Um, We have so many memorable times and experiences woven in through the whole thing, but Travel isn't a piece of cake. I mean, there are times when you're just so like, if I see another train, I'm just going to die. Like, I don't want to get on another moving vehicle. And we had so many times when we were just really tired or the jet lag hit us really hard. Or sometimes we just really missed home or regular food or, you know, our Mm -hmm. food, stuff like that. So 
yeah, there were there were hard times for sure, but the moments that were good and bonding, like those stand out to us so much. And and those moments, like when I look back on it, those moments are worth all of the hard in between times. Mm-hmm. And they're moments that no one else in the world can share with them, that it's something just between y'all. And I, I know that even for our little vacations that our family takes every summer, the other day we were sitting around talking about our pre we've taken I guess two trips now where one one trip we went around the western part of the United States so we were in the car for I think it was like two and a half weeks 72 hours driving stayed at all these different places and then last year we did the same thing on the southeastern part of the country and um, my husband was trying to figure out whether or not it was worth it worth it to take the time off to do another big trip this summer and we we're all talking about the trips that we'd taken and and talking about the memories. And we had such a great time just talking about those things. And there were experiences that were exclusive to our little family, like this inside secret just that our family knows about. And so, I, you know, even more for, for y'all and what great memories that you guys had. Did you take a ton of pictures while you were on your trip? <laughs> I think Ryan told me a couple of weeks ago that there's like 24,000 pictures. <laughs> So basically, they can just relive the trip in real time. You know what? We're going to put together photo books of every like continent or major. Well, we're separating mm-hmm. the Middle East out from Asia, but um, we're going to make a photo book of every area that we went to, and it's going to be really fun to go back through those photos because what you were saying is exactly right. It's like these are our like our secret family memories, our special things that nobody else but us knows about. And so to go back through all of those and to be able to have the photo books to refer to, Mm -hmm. like I'm so excited about that because these things are going to be, they're going to be in our minds and they're going to remain like these precious bonding memories for, you know, as long as we live. So what are your, what are some of your favorite memories from the trip? I'm sure it's hard to pick, but if you can. It is hard to pick, but I can rattle off a few. Um, One of my favorite times was our first little road trip that we took in um, Argentina, because we'd been spending a lot of time in the city and then we moved to a town and we were just trying to get situated in the town, you know, work on our Spanish, stuff like that. But then we took this little trip, we rented a car for a few days and we went and drove and just the exhilaration of finally having some of those experiences, like just seeing and doing these amazing things that we'd been talking about for so long, even though we'd already been on the road for a few weeks before that, that for me was, it was the first time when we were like, can you believe we just did that? Can you believe that we're here? And we still all talk about the things we did on that first little outing. We went to like a salt flat and we stayed in this adorable little town and we climbed up on like old ruins and it was really amazing. But it wasn't that that trip was so spectacular. It was that it was like the culmination of everything. It was like, yeah, yeah. this is the, this was the point. Um, another really, um, well, two other really special memories that I can think of are our day in Petra, Jordan. We um, Petra is um, it's the ruined city of the Nabataeans, and so it's like it's in kind of this very desert, deserty, rocky, wadi area, and it's um, it's really insane how big the like the buildings and the carvings that that they did like it's really phenomenal the pictures of us like we look like little ants next to these (laughs) monuments and that day we did a whole bunch of riding around on donkeys led by some locals and 
I just remember, you know, we're winding up this crazy steep hill on these donkeys. And I thought the donkeys were going to like fall off the edge of the cliff at any moment. And my daughter up in front of me, she's got like a scarf wrapped around her head, the way that the Jordanians do to keep out the dust. And it was just like this perfect moment of just like this, the exhilaration of exploring and doing something together as a family. So that's really like etched in my memory. Wow. So you had all four kids on donkeys. <laughs> so tell me, tell me how that works. Cause I'm, I'm imagining Kepler was attached to someone. Yeah. And Kepler the, was on my back. Okay. Wow. <laughs> and, and the others were on their own little donkeys or I'm just thinking through this because I'm afraid of heights. So it sort of terrifies me to imagine. <laughs> okay. So we had four donkeys for our family of six. So Kepler was on mine. Ryan was on his own, but sometimes he would take one of the younger kids. Abby had her own. And then the younger kids switched between one of them being with Ryan or them sharing, like our four and six-year-olds sharing on one donkey. And we had two local guides. So whenever we got to a really steep part, the guides would help whoever they felt like needed the most help. And they did a lot of guiding of our younger kids. Wow. So it, it wasn't as scary as I as it sounds. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just sort of fascinated by, did you feel like when you went on this trip, did you feel like you were being brave or is it, did it just feel kind of, I mean, obviously not normal to you, but did it feel scary to you when you did it? Yeah, it felt a bit scary. Like I was so excited and full of anticipation but when we actually got to it, I felt like I was like leaping off of a cliff mm-hmm. and I write a, I wrote a post a few nights before we left called unprepared because I was like, I, I think I am unprepared. Like maybe this is crazy. Like adapting to all of these new cultures, you know, all of this travel in unknown places, new languages. I mean, there's just so much that I don't know about what this year is going to hold. And so I don't know if I felt brave. I think I did feel like I was maybe probably insane, <laughs> uh, but, um, I I think we did feel brave the longer we went on, but I think we also felt like, hey, this is more doable Mm. than we thought. Like, it's not as daunting or scary as we might have imagined it would be. And was it worth all of it? I imagine there were a lot of crazy moments, uh, moments maybe when you were wondering whether it was a good idea. But in the end, is it something that you would do again if you had it to do all over? Yeah, I think we would. I mean, I don't know. I I think we're going to hold off doing another full year of travel unless it's living in one place. Like we still talk mm-hmm. about that to go and live in a place and work on a language for a year. But I think um, travel, we might wait until the kids are all a bit older to do another full year of travel. But you know what? We're already making plans again for more travel because it was worth it. Like there were moments at the end when I was so tired that I was like, oh, Ryan, was this worth it? And he was like, Go back, think about everything we've done, think about all your favorite memories and where you visited and what the kids have learned, and then you tell me if it was worth it. And every time I do that, I'm like, oh my goodness, of course it was worth it. Like I, I would I would have done it again in a heartbeat. So, you know, I live in Texas, which is very big, and to get to any other significant place, it takes several hours for sure. Like for me, just to get to my hometown, which is still in my state, it takes eight or nine hours to get down there. So I, I talked to a lot of moms and parents who are thinking about going and visiting family, but they don't very much because it's so far away. And we just kind of get in this grid of travel is hard. I, I wonder what you would say to encourage people to step outside of their comfort zone. I think travel is hard when you don't do it very much. And I think travel is hard at first, but 
kids adapt. Kids are far more flexible than we think. And once they get on the road, once they get into the groove of what you're doing, once they know that, hey, this is something our family does regularly, we go on road trips, we, you know, we take a plane, whatever it is that you do, it becomes more commonplace. Like people talk all the time about my kids don't sleep on planes, they're just terrible sleepers. And I would say our kids didn't sleep really well on planes either when we first went on the trip. But I'll tell you what, they sure learned how to sleep on the plane <laughs> and the train and the bus and the ferries and everything, right? Like, they just learned because we, because we did it. So anything that you practice becomes easier the more you do it. Mm-hmm. Very, very true. Very true. I, I have to say again from our little tiny trips that we take that our kids have become awesome road trippers. I remember when they were little. I mean, and also kids get bigger too. So as your kids get older, it gets easier and easier. So what might have been hard last year for you to do with your kids is probably a lot easier this year because they grow up so fast. Mm-hmm. And my husband and I are trying to decide right now whether or not we want to take this 13-hour stretch of, of a drive. Do we want to do 13 hours in one day or not? And I remember back when that wasn't even a, a possibility when our kids would have mutinied yeah. if they were stuck in the car for 13 hours. And so kids, just they, they, they do adapt and they get more comfortable with the travel and more used to it and stuff. So um, man, Stephanie, I feel like we could chat for just days. I feel like we scratched just the very surface of what I, I would like to talk to you about about your trip. Um, but as we're as we're wrapping up, I would love for you to just share one encouragement to a mom that might be listening right now and, and thinking, wow, that's great. I wish I could do something like that, but it's just not on it's not on our grid. Um, how would you encourage her just to find the adventure? wherever she's at. And because and, right now, maybe she's listening to the podcast while she's cleaning or doing laundry or something, and her kids are about to wake up and she doesn't feel like she has a very adventurous life, but she loves, she would love to, to have that. How would you encourage her to embrace adventure in whatever season she's in? One thing that we came home with was the idea that we don't have to to necessarily travel or at least not travel far distances to have adventure. It's sort of more of a mindset and just a family culture issue. And so, you know, we sort of felt like we need to do this huge world trip. And of course, the trip was amazing. But it's not just about the trip. It's about what do we choose to do as a family? Like, do we hang out around the house on Saturdays? Or do we find somewhere local to go for a hike? Or do we go explore a museum in the, you know, in our city? Or um, are like, are we looking for opportunities to just have adventure in our daily lives? Because I think it's there, the opportunities are always there. And, you know, to learn a new language, to find pen pals for our kids and those kind of things to think more, to think just beyond like our neighborhood and our typical activities to be sightseers in our own locale. Mm -hmm. I I think that when we do those things, then life is always full of adventure and we're always making bonding experiences. And it doesn't really matter whether you're doing that in, you know, Texas or Washington or Kenya. It's, it, you know, you can still have those same kind of family experiences. Yeah, so good. Stephanie, thank you so much for joining us today. I, I really appreciate the time you took. I know you're in the midst of a super busy season, and um, I, I'm thankful that you took the time to join us today. So thanks for doing that. You're welcome. It was great to be here. Awesome. Well, we will chat with you again soon. Okay. Thanks, Kat. Thanks. Bye. Well, that's all that we have for today's episode of the Inspired to Action podcast. 
Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to listen. I know that there are a million things that you could be doing right now, and I hope that this episode has encouraged you. You know, if you have any questions or suggestions for me, just head over to inspiredtoaction.com and click the contact button to send me an email. I would love to hear from you, and I would love to do whatever I can to get the resources that you need to keep growing as a mom. And if you enjoyed this podcast, it would be awesome if you would take a minute to rate it on iTunes. That's going to help more moms to find it and get the encouragement that they need. And as always, you can check out all the show notes for this session at inspiredtoaction.com. And you can also download any of our free ebooks or our free prayer calendars for moms at the blog. Just go to inspiredtoaction.com and click on the resources link. And my name is Kat Lee, and I wish you an incredible day with your family. And remember, you're a mom. You're kind of a big deal. Now go be awesome. It's early in the morning, the house is quiet. But I've set aside this time for you. I bow before the throne of a noble king. And in this place, my heart begins to sing. It's gonna be a good day, a good day filled with His grace, His grace and sweet new.